are listening to episode 182 of Shades Midweek. This is a podcast where we talk about theology, culture, and all things Shades. I am recording this podcast live in Three Stream Studio here in Homewood, Alabama. My name is John Mark Darrow, and if you are listening for the very first time, I just wanted to extend my gratitude to each and every one of you for listening to this podcast. Taking time out of your busy schedules, I know you're all so busy right now. We are deep into the fall. Thanksgiving is approaching. Christmas is approaching. And the fact that you would just take time to listen to this podcast uh, just shows me the love and the support that... Myself, Jonathan, and Brad all appreciate and want. So, thank you. Now, I am here in the studio by myself today, and that can be a little awkward. Jonathan is out sick. I, we don't think it's anything serious right now. There's been a lot of stuff going around. I mean, I know several kids that have been out with strep throat, the flu, all sorts of things are going around right now. So he's kind of had it already in his household, and it's finally coming around to, to him. He went to urgent care this morning. I talked to him on the phone. He actually did not sound that bad. I think it was more of just a sore throat. And so he's going to go to the doctor just to get checked out, get some steroids. You know how they do it here at the urgent cares. I mean, they just – they're handing out steroid shots – like people hand out candy on Halloween. It's just unbelievable. And if you're feeling a little crummy, just go in there and tell them what's up. They'll they'll hit you with the steroids and you feel a little better for a few days. So that is what he's doing right now. Brad, you know, I what what can we say about Brad? What's going on with him? What's not going on with him? Am I right? He has some sort of training. Uh, mandatory training that he's doing this week, and so he is out right now, which leaves me here. Now, originally, it was not just going to be me. Uh, Jonathan called an audible this morning because he wasn't feeling good. We actually had to meet a member scheduled for today with some new members. I said, you know what, let's punt that to next week. Originally, I wasn't even thinking about doing an episode. And then the wheels got to turning because Jonathan was like, you could do, do one by yourself if you have something. The wheels got to turn, and I thought, you know, I, I just like to talk. This will be like a conversation, a one-sided conversation. Uh, the listener is not here with me, so I'm just going to talk, and hopefully it's, it's interesting to everyone. All that being said, today is a JM takeover. Gonna win, yeah, we're taking over. Come on! Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. It's a JM takeover. That can mean anything. We, I can literally do almost anything that I want, you know, as long as I don't get fired later. So I'm within those parameters, I'm going to try my best to bring you quality Shades Midweek content today. I'm just, I'm just here in the studio. I've got a Waterloo sparkling water here, a spiced apple. Just, just, just check this out here. Got my spiced apple 
drink. This was actually not my first choice. So, you know, the, through the miracle of technology and delivery services, we use Instacart from time to time. Sometimes we have it delivered. Sometimes I'll just place an order and go pick it up later. And at Aldi this week, they were out of the sparkling water that I wanted, and they replaced it with spiced apple. I told Ashley about that. She is not a fan. Uh, it's not bad, and it's seasonal, too. You know, spiced apple just kind of gets you in the mood for Thanksgiving and, and all of that. So I, I'm enjoying that. So it's really just me and my Waterloo sparkling water here in the booth today. You know, speaking of Ashley, big news Ashley and I just celebrated 14 years of marriage. Thank you. Thank you. That's right. We did 14 years on Monday. We had a great time. It was awesome. We had like a little date night on Friday night. It wasn't just us, but we were kidless. Got a babysitter. We went and celebrated one of our friends dad's 75th birthday it was really cool it was down in forest park at this place called shop which is like this greenhouse which is all up ashley's alley and there was food and drinks we got to see a lot of people that we hadn't seen in a long time and hang out with friends it was an awesome night so we did that on friday and on monday for our anniversary we decided hey you know it'd be, be cool to just spend some time with the family Order some Chinese food. Zion, Zion had basketball evaluations. That's right. Basketball season is here. We'll get to that later. But he had basketball evaluations on Monday night, and we decided to do some uh, Chinese food from the little place over in Bluff Park called New China. Highly recommend if you live in Bluff Park, right over there by the New Pig. And we went and picked up some food, took it home. It was awesome. We just had a great time. Laughed a lot with the kiddos. Got to tell them about... The first time that Ashley and I kissed, we got to tell them about how we fell in love with each other. It was just a lot of fun. And then something rather unexpected happened. We got down this rabbit hole of showing the kids some funny reels on Instagram. Because it was our anniversary night, Ashley had set the mood on the dinner table. She put up like these tall pillar-like candles on the table for our dinner just to create an ambiance, a nice ambiance. And I wasn't really paying too much attention to what I was doing. And I was leaning over the table to show my children this video on Instagram that I thought was hilarious of these cats. I do have long hair for those who don't know. Next thing I know, I hear a whooshing sound in my right ear and I knew exactly what it was immediately. There was smoke immediately, a bad smell in the air, and all this happened in milliseconds of time. It was so fast and furious. I realized that I had caught my hair on fire, that I leaned over these tall pillar candles that had been set for our lovely 14-year anniversary dinner, and that my hair had been set ablaze. And I hit the floor immediately. Stop, drop, and roll. I, let me let me just tell you something. I don't know. 
how many people grew up in elementary school with the stop, drop, and roll campaign. I mean, they really, I didn't even have to think twice about it. I immediately hit the floor. I knew what was going on, and I didn't even think stop, drop, and roll. I just did it. So that goes to show you that they really hammered that into us, that that they really thought they're just going to be children left and right getting set on fire, and we need to repeat this over and over again on a daily basis. Stop, drop, and roll. Stop, drop, and roll. Stop, drop, and roll. So I didn't even have to think twice about it. It was automatic. I hit the ground. Uh, I was patting down my hair with a fury and a persistence uh, to put the fire out, and that didn't take too long. It all happened very quickly, and you may be asking yourself, well, what is everyone else doing in this situation? I mean, your kids are there. Your wife is there. She's probably very concerned. She's probably already called 911. She's worried that all of my hair is going to be gone. She's concerned that my skin is on fire. Trying to console the children. Zion started crying. He thought that I had died. You know, Zion, he's five years old. He had no idea what was going on. He just he just sees me hit the hit the floor and he just starts crying. What is Ashley doing on our 14 years of marriage? Ashley's laughing. She's laughing hysterically and not even getting up from her seat. She didn't even move. She didn't move a muscle. She just started laughing. So Zion's crying. He he's losing it. I get up. I I have my hand is is almost covered in black, so I'm thinking, "Oh my gosh, I've lost the the entire right side of my scalp is gone." I don't know what's happening. I'm trying to console Zion. He's crying. "Daddy, are you okay? What happened?" You know, Moses Moses was probably shocked. Ashley's laughing. I go upstairs, I check my hair, it's really not that bad. The smell is awful. I don't know if you've smelled burnt hair before. Terrible, just awful smell. And it took forever to get it out of the house. I mean, we had the windows open, we lit another candle. (laughs) Just trying to get the smell out. It just takes forever. Here is the kicker to the whole story. And I know that I've probably gone on for too long. I was just like, get to the point. This is actually the second time, the second time that this has happened to me. In 2019, Christmas Day, we had our Advent candles lit. We had the in-laws in town, my father-in-law, and they're all in the kitchen getting ready. I'm in the dining room trying to blow out the candles, getting, you know, just we had, we had lit them already. It was time. We had already opened up presents. I have a, a beautiful Christmas tracksuit on, and on the back of the tracksuit is a Christmas tiger with a Santa Claus hat. I mean, just you know, just living it up, loving life, loving Christmas time. And I lean over to blow out the candles, and the same thing happened. My hair got caught in the flame. I hit the ground immediately. Stop, drop, and roll. Am I right? And uh, the same thing happened, the smell of burnt hair. No one knows what's going on. Ashley starts laughing. So this has happened twice now. I'm really hoping I'm done with this. 
I really hope this doesn't happen again. So please pray for me. I really don't need to be near any candles at all. You know, I, I make fires all the time. We have a wood-burning fireplace in our house. I've never had this happen. But for some reason, with these tall, pillar-like candles, it, it's happened twice now. But I'm okay. Uh, I, I still have most of my hair, so I should be good. All right, let's 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 talk about sports. Sports break. What's going on in the world of sports? College football. Big win for the Alabama Crimson Tide this past Saturday. They defeated the LSU Bengal Tigers. I believe the score was forty-two to twenty-eight off the top of my head. This was a big game. In the SEC, this was a big game because LSU beat Alabama last year in dramatic fashion. The game was in Tuscaloosa this year, so home field advantage. And Jalen Milrow played a fantastic game. You know, Jaden Daniels for LSU, I mean, I've said I may have said it on the podcast before. I know I've said it to some friends, but he really is one of the best quarterbacks. He's he's he will go high in the NFL draft. This dude is insane, incredible talent. And the problem with LSU is that, and I heard some people talking about this leading up to this game, you are only as strong as your weakest link. So LSU trots out an incredible, legendary, once-in-a-lifetime offense, putting up insane numbers, putting up numbers that, some of the receivers from Joe Burrow's national championship LSU team haven't even matched up to this point in the season. But yet, the LSU defense is so atrocious. It is so awful. The game plan, it's almost a fireable offense, the the game plan, to try to stop Jalen Milrow in the Alabama Crimson Tide. And it just wasn't enough to get it done. The LSU defense, it was ugly. And listen, credit to Alabama. Like, I'm not, I'm not trying to take anything away from them. They they played fantastic. Uh, Milrow seemed to be very comfortable with a lot of the offensive play calling. And he just he just played phenomenally, and he made he made the plays when, when they needed them the most, especially on a lot of huge third downs, just huge runs. But, man, that LSU defense is, is ugly. Elsewhere in the state, you've got Auburn, who has been in the first year under Hugh Freeze. It's been a, it's been a struggle, and I, and I talked about this at the beginning of the season. I actually mentioned this on midweek, that I thought Auburn was going to be a 6-6 six and six or 7-5 and five team. And right now... If Auburn can take care of business this week against Arkansas, beat New Mexico State, they will get to that six-win threshold that I thought they would at the beginning of the year. Of course, the season ends with the Iron Bowl. You know, this is just going to be an incredibly tough, tricky game. Uh, Alabama's the better team, no doubt, 100% uh, talent-wise. But the game is at at Auburn, and... If we know anything about Iron Bowls at Jordan-Hare Stadium, we know that miracles can happen, and we know that l- legends are made there. So do I think that Auburn has a shot? Sure. I think they have just as much of a shot as they did against Georgia earlier this year, and they came up short because at the time Georgia had Brock Bowers, who's now injured, but arguably one of the best players in the entire country 
in college football right now. And Auburn only lost that game by seven. Uh, My guess is that we will be – Auburn will be at least a 10-point underdog in this game. We were about a two-touchdown underdog against Georgia. We covered the spread there. I'm guessing Auburn's going to be at least a 10-point underdog in the Iron Bowl. Uh, but we can talk about the Iron Bowl later when that comes up. But Auburn is is kind of in that they're they're hitting that mark that I thought they would, which is about six and six, seven and five. You know, I had said that Alabama was going to lose two regular season games. It's still possible, highly unlikely they they have to play Kentucky and Lexington. They're going to win that game, no doubt. They have to play Auburn at Auburn. They will be favored to win that game. Like I said, anything cr- crazy things can happen, but. Uh, they did get that loss to Texas, so I, so I was close on that prediction. Honestly, didn't think Texas would beat them. I thought LSU and Tennessee would be their toughest games, and you know Tennessee had a lead at halftime. Alabama came storming back in the second half. They're a second half team. Clearly, they are a second half team. And Kevin Stills' defense—he's he's doing a great job there. He used to be at Auburn. He's kind of been all over the place, dude. Is almost coached at every single SEC school now by this point. But that is what's going on in football world. Basketball season is here. That's right. Alabama tipped off. Auburn tipped off last night against top-ranked Baylor and lost by six in a game in which Auburn had control for almost the entirety of the game until about the last five minutes. And Baylor has this guy on their team, man. This dude is prob- could be a lottery pick for the NBA draft next year. This dude is insane. He took over the game, and Auburn just didn't have an answer late. I'm glad they scheduled it, though. Auburn's got a really tough non-conference schedule this year in basketball. So it'll be interesting to see. Uh, but Baylor, they're 100% a tournament team, no doubt about it. So that was a great game to watch. Uh, for Auburn to be challenged like that early, I think will only help us down the stretch later this year. All right, into the sports break. Tanisha, you can tune back in now. Sports break's over. I wanted to talk about a movie that I saw recently. You guys know that I love movies a lot. Killers of the Flower Moon. This was a film that just came out directed by Martin Scorsese if you if you don't know who Martin Scorsese is uh one of the greatest if not the the best living american filmmaker right now we're talking about films like goodfellas casino taxi driver raging bull the departed i mean just to name a few and he directed this film starring leonardo dicaprio lily gladstone and robert de niro called Killers of the Flower Moon. I really just wanted to talk about it a little bit because if you haven't heard about it, if you haven't seen it, oh my goodness, I highly recommend this film. I'm going to try not to spoil anything here. I'm going to do my best. I'm just going to give you a preface to what this film is about because it's all based on a true story. So if you want to look up uh, the story that this was based on, there's a book called Killers of the Flower Moon, Osage Murders and the Birth of the FBI. It was written by David Gran, who did just a ton of research. Really, this is like hidden American history. This is the kind of stuff that you that we didn't learn about in school. Uh, very similar to, like, let's say, the Tulsa race riots, which also happened around the same time that uh, these Osage murders were happening in the early 20th century. It's just history that we didn't know about. This film is, it's a, it's a punch to the gut. It is phenomenal. It's a, for me, it's a stone cold masterpiece. It's three and a half hours long. 
So make sure when you watch it, you get you get some sleep the night before. Probably started around 6 p.m., 7 p.m. If you go to the theater, I, I highly recommend it, but it is going to be streaming on Apple TV Plus soon. I, I went and saw with some of the Shade Cinema folks. Patrick Smith was there, Andrew Thompson, Brad Brown, a few other people. Just an incredible, incredible film. Let me let me tell you just a little bit about this story. So what this story focuses on here is the Osage Indian murders, uh, like I said previously here, that took place in the 1910s to 1930s. So I didn't know much about the Osage Nation. The Osage were removed from Kansas and forcibly removed, and I believe they even sold some land. From what I understand, the the funds that they received from uh, the purchase of their old land went towards a new reservation that they moved to in Oklahoma. And they didn't realize what was on this land when they purchased it. And so this is the kicker. So they, so they get removed. The Osage Nation moves to Oklahoma. There's oil all over this land. Really, it was undesirable land. Turns out there's like a sea of oil under there. So the Osage Nation starts to lease their land to oil companies, and they become the richest nation per capita at that time. So we're talking millions and millions of dollars. There was this federal act that was passed in 1906. It's like a policy of guardianship that basically declared the Osage incompetent to manage their own affairs and it put their land and oil rights in the custody of white overseers. And all these white folks start moving in, and what starts to happen is there is a systematic murder of the Osage nation. So you would have a white man, let's say, like Leonardo DiCaprio in this case, in, in his, uh, the role that he played in this film, marries a native, an indigenous person, and there was like organized murders that were happening of full-blooded Osage tribe members. And if you were married to one of them and they died, then the inheritance would go to the husband, for example. So you had white folks trying to get the inheritance. And it's an incredibly sad and devastating story of... Racism, of systemic injustice, of complicity. I mean, get this, like you had doctors that had patients that were Osage patients. They were administering poison to these people. So they were slowly poisoning them. You had morticians that were covering up the causes of deaths of these people. So a lot of these murders went uninvestigated. And if they were, it was usually shut down by the white lawmen that lived in that area because they were all complicit in it. It was like this organized crime ring, essentially. And then you had a lot of folks just around that were complicit through silence because they were benefiting financially from the murders of these people. Incredibly sad. Basically, with the book... J. Edgar Hoover is just starting the FBI at that time. And from what I understand, J. Edgar Hoover really didn't even want to investigate this stuff. 
But I guess because some folks went to Washington, D.C., they finally send some FBI agents out there to investigate what's going on. There, there seems to be a number of unsolved, mysterious deaths of all of these folks, and women and children, too. I mean, that's what's dark about this whole thing. It, it, you know, women and children. So they send some FBI agents to investigate, and they finally uncover some things, and they were able to put a few of these folks in jail, but the reality is is that a lot of these murders largely went unsolved, and there just ha- has not been justice for those people. A lot of money, head rights, inheritance was stolen outright. And so, it, man, it's just a gut punch of a story. I highly recommend it. Martin Scorsese does a phenomenal job directing this film. But it's it's brutal. It's brutal for sure. Uh, if you'd like to talk more about Killers of the Flower Moon, maybe you've seen it, please email us because I highly enjoyed it. I, I've really loved talking about this film. Robert De Niro is in this. And he here's the thing. <clears throat> this movie, talk about a movie about sin and greed and lust for money. Robert De Niro plays a guy, uh, I believe his name uh, in real in real life, William Hill, and he was already a wealthy landowner. And the dude just wanted more money. The dude just wanted more power, ultimate greed, and the way that it is portrayed in this film, talk about a character that resembles Satan, that resembles a wolf in sheep's clothing a character that is totally, that has no characteristics whatsoever or qualities that are redeemable, that is controlling what's going on on this land and the systematic killing of the Osage Nation tribe. It's just unbelievable. Um, So it's really just, it's a challenging picture to watch, but we have to be aware of the history in this country. And just like I said earlier, you know, they parallel some of this with the Tulsa race riots that happened around that same time. I didn't know about the Tulsa race riots until 2020. And we, you know, as a country, not to, not to get super intense here, but if we want to move towards some sort of reconciliation among the peoples within this country, we have to start by knowing the history and we have to start by realizing that a lot of awful things have happened and we we have to educate ourselves first and foremost about those things. That can open up our hearts, our desires in which to reconcile with with people. So yeah, it's, it's, Brutal, it's intense, but honestly, I I mean, I would love to watch it again. It's definitely not for the faint of heart, so check that out. Killers of the Flower Moon, directed by Martin Scorsese. All right, Jam's Album of the Week. Jam's Album of the Week. I 
was talking about Killers of the Flower Moon, I thought I would feature the soundtrack from the movie. Guitarist, musician, and songwriter Robbie Robertson composed this original soundtrack for Killers of the Flower Moon. This track is called Osage Oil Boom. Robbie Robertson actually has an interesting background too. So he, he passed away this year. He was one of the original electric guitar players for Bob Dylan back in the 60s. So when Bob Dylan went from his folk sound to his electric sound, Robbie Robertson and several members of the band were a part of uh, Dylan's sonic changes there in the mid 60s. He was also a part of the band, obviously, that went on to have massive success with songs like The Weight. And he co-wrote and a lot of those songs and played in that band. So he's just an incredible electric guitar player. He's He did actually done a lot of soundtrack work for Scorsese as of late, the Wolf of Wall Street soundtrack, Silence, and The Irishman. He does a phenomenal job with this soundtrack. His mom was actually uh, indigenous. Uh, she was born in Toronto, I believe. So he has indigenous uh, roots. And it was cool that this was kind of like his last soundtrack, I'm assuming, unless he's been working on other things before he passed away. But yeah, I just wanted to feature this soundtrack. This track in particular, man, is awesome. Great rhythm, great vibe. The atmosphere that he creates in this film, especially as it gets deep into the story, man, it is it is haunting. So love it, love it so much. That's my album of the week this week. I got a book too. It will it's not gonna be Killers of the Flower Moon. Okay. Okay, that's good enough. The book that I'm featuring today is a part of a series of books, liturgical prayer books, actually, that have been released through Rabbit Room Press. We've talked about some of these books before, and this is the brand new volume that just came out. Every Moment Holy, Volume 3, The Work of the People. If you're not familiar with this series of books, I would highly recommend going back to Every Moment Holy, Volume 1. It's, it's a prayer book. So they have a section titled Liturgies of Labor and Vocation. And here's some of the titles of the prayers that you will find in here. There's a prayer before a job interview. There's a prayer for yard work, right? Who, who loves some yard work out there? There's a prayer to begin the day's creative labors. There's a prayer for baking bread for artists and makers, for beginning an artistic work. There's other sections, such as liturgies of creation and recreation, right? So there's a prayer for sunrise, a prayer for kindling a fire. I wonder if there's a prayer in here for after you light your hair on fire. I don't know. We'll find that. There's a prayer before playing a board game, liturgies of blessing and celebration, liturgies of petition and provision. This is just an incredible, incredible volume of work that has been assembled here. Check it out. You can find this on Rabbit Room Press. Douglas McElvey, uh, I believe, was the author, the writer that really assembled 
the first collection of prayers, Every Moment Holy Volume 1, and I think since they've opened it up for a lot of collaboration, and I think some of these prayers actually, like I saw there was a prayer from Augustine in here, so they, they take from some old ancient prayers as well for this volume, but I would highly recommend it. Check it out. A beautiful, hardbound book, Every Moment Holy, Volume 3, The Work of the People. Speaking of people, let's go down to the email corridor. The email corridor. Today, our email corridor is actually filled with the text message. That's right. We've talked about this before. Sometimes some texts sneak down here. This one comes from Annabeth Reese. We talked about the Reeses on our last episode because we were talking about Halloween. I saw them on Halloween night trick-or-treating they were in a golf cart, so I kind of called them out publicly. I apologize. I'm not trying to start anything, but here's Anna, here's Annabeth Reese on her response. Called out on the podcast and owning up, followed by the laughing, crying emojis. Can confirm there was no emergency on Halloween. We were lazy dummies hitching a ride with our friends. I'll say it's because it would have taken 10 years with small kids with tiny legs, but David and I kept looking at each other so embarrassed, like, quote, we look like jerks right now on this golf cart. Laugh, cry emoji, laugh, cry emoji, monkey covering up its eyes emoji, monkey covering up its eyes emoji. She said, we might not have looked like jerks, but I was hiding behind Felix going through the sea of people while on wheels. Here's the deal. No shade. No shade being thrown here. No judgment. I get it. If you have small children and you go to the Bluff Park area where they normally do trick-or-treating every year. It can be a haul. I get it, especially when you have small kids. So I don't blame you. I don't blame you for taking the opportunity to ride a golf cart while everyone else is walking around with their feet and legs. I'm sure it was still an amazing night. I'm sure it was still an incredible night. So don't feel embarrassed. Look, just, just treasure it. Just enjoy it. This That will always be the year that you look back on and we're like, we... We used a golf cart to get around for trick-or-treating that year. It, it was a nice golf cart, too, I might add. I'm just happy that people are out, you know, getting candy, that they're out with their friends, hanging out, talking to their neighbors, meeting new people. Shout out to the Reese's for riding on the golf cart at Halloween. We love them. We love them here at the show. Speaking of members at SVCC, as the Reese's are proud members here at Shades, there's been a lot happening at Shades, and I just kind of wanted to finish up our episode here talking about what we have to look forward to and just a little update on some things that have been going on here. We have had, I mean, just an insane amount of new members here at Shades. Yep. Yep, that's worth celebrating. We actually prayed for 10 new members this past Sunday. And I think we're praying for four more this Sunday. And then we've received membership paperwork from four other folks that want to join Shades. So that's almost 20 people here just in the last month or two 
that are new members to Shades. Some of the some of these people have been going to Shades for a little bit, uh, but some of these are brand new or maybe within the last year that they've been attending. And man, God is just doing an incredible work. I will say to all of our uh, regular listeners out there that have been members at Shades for a long time, there are a lot of new folks walking around, and so. You know, it's it's awesome that we have a tight-knit community here. It's awesome that we have relationships that are deeply rooted. It's very important. It's important in the, the life of the church. But if you've been going here for a while, just maybe tune in to some of the new folks that you see around the sanctuary on Sunday mornings or maybe at prayer on Wednesday nights or small groups. Just take out a minute. Stop by and introduce yourself to somebody that you don't know. Invite them to lunch if you're going out to lunch on Sundays. You know, it can be tough when you're at a new church, especially when there's just a lot of relationships that have been around for a long time, tight relationships. It can be tough to get involved and get to know people. So uh, just be thinking about that on Sunday mornings. Advent wreath. So we've been doing a pre-order through Church Center for these Advent wreaths. We did this a few years ago. Jonathan, you know, handmade these wreaths. Super talented dude, Jonathan. He's just into all sorts of things. So he is going to make Advent wreaths again this year. The pre-order has ended, okay? So it was only $10. We got a good response. We were going to do pickup this Sunday, which I believe is November 12th, that's right. But with Jonathan being sick today, a lot of other things going on, my guess is is that they're not going to be ready for pickup this Sunday. But that's okay. The reason we did this was to build in buffer time, not just for us, but for you as well, to pick up the wreaths. See, the first Sunday of Advent isn't even until December 3rd. Okay, so we we still have this Sunday, the 19th and the 26th before we hit that first Sunday of Advent. So there's still going to be plenty of time. My guess is the first Sunday that these wreaths will be available for pickup will be November 19th. We'll make sure to put all that information in the bulletins and the email and on social media and all that stuff. So also on November 19th, very important announcement. It is Advent Decorating Day. That's right. We just need some volunteers to stay for a few minutes after the service. We're going to have some decorating team leaders that will be available that will be telling people where decorations need to go. We just need some people to hang around for a few minutes before you go to lunch on Sunday. If everybody puts up a few things one or two things, it's going to go by super fast. It'll only take a few minutes out of your day, and then you can go have a tasty, delicious lunch somewhere. But that will be November 19th, immediately following the service. We're doing it on the 19th because the 26th is kind of that weekend of Thanksgiving. I know a lot of people travel. Some folks may be out of town. So we just wanted to go ahead and get decorated for Advent ahead of time this year. That's right. Like I said earlier, we're building in that buffer time. We just want to go ahead and get decorated. And who doesn't love a Christmas tree? I mean, honestly, I know some people that were putting up their trees November 1st. Some even maybe the night of Halloween after they trick-or-treated. They said, take down Take down all these Halloween decorations and put up the tree. Put it up right now. We're going to Home Depot tonight. We're going to go buy the pre-lit 
$400 famous tree that's all over social media that my wife really wants. We're going to go buy that and we're going to put it up tonight. So we're going to, we, we, we won't have one of those at Shades, but we're going to decorate for Advent, all that to say, November 19th. What else is going on as we approach the Advent season? Angel Tree. SVCC is honored to partner with several other Birmingham churches and provide gifts for children uh, with the Ministry Center at Green Springs. Many of these kids are being raised by grandparents who truly appreciate our help during the holidays every year. You can sign up to get gifts through Church Center. Okay, so Christy Crump has set all this up for us through Church Center. She's been working with the Ministry Center at Green Springs, something that we uh, participate in every year. Here's what here's what you're gonna do. You're gonna go on to Church Center. Are you not a Are you not signed up for Church Center? Well, you need to do that first if you're not signed up. If you already are, just log into Church Center. You can do this on the app or browser, however you prefer. You're going to go to registration events. There's a registration event titled Angel Tree. You're going to select just one attendee, okay? Then you're going to select a person in your household that's registering. So if I were going on to to get a gift for someone, I would select my name, John Mark DeRoe. And then the next option, that will be where you choose a child, and it will have information such as age and what gifts are needed. And most of these gifts you're going to be able to find on Amazon or another online retailer. And most of the gifts will cost anywhere between $30 to $40. So you're not paying for the gifts through Church Center, nothing like that. You're, there's no payment being made. This is almost like a sign-up sheet, essentially. The only way we can do it on Church Center is to set it up like a registration event. I wish they would have like a sign-up event because then it's kind of confusing. It's like, wait, am I registering for something? Am I paying for something? No. Uh, this is just how we have to do it through Church Center. Now, I love Church Center, but that's my one little nit. If I had to be a little nitpicky, a little nitpicky, if I had to be a little nitpicky, I would say, man, it would be awesome to just have like a sign-up for something, you know, you not not go through all of the registration prompts that you have to go through. But... Life is not perfect, and we're doing the best that we can. So you can go on to Church Center and sign up. Man, it would just be awesome. What a way to bless families in Birmingham, especially around uh, the Christmas season. Uh, just shout out to Christy Crump for putting all that uh, together for us. All right, and then finally, this is the last thing I'm going to talk about, then I'm going to be quiet. I'll be out of your ears this one-way conversation will be done with this monologue, The Christmas Spectacular. It's back, folks. It's back. I am so excited. The Christmas Spectacular almost died. Almost got killed. Killed off. 2019 was the last legitimate Christmas Spectacular that we had. We tried to pull off one in 2020 in the midst of COVID. We had it outside in the parking lot. We did kind of like a farmer's market type vibe. We had a live band and all that stuff, but it just wasn't the same. And we had a good time, no doubt. Good times were had. And then we haven't had one since then. It's 2023. 2023. 
It's coming back. This will be the seventh Christmas Spectacular we've ever done. Now, now, like I said before, we have a lot of new folks here that have never even experienced any Christmas Spectaculars. Wow. You are in for a treat, folks. So what are we doing this year? Well, I've got some details for you. Number one, it's on December 10th. It's a Sunday night. Probably be from about 5 to 8 p.m. There will be an entry fee. Don't worry. It will be affordable, and it will get you a lot of things. And we've done this every year because this is typically like a fundraiser event. We usually, you know, in years past, we've, we've done fundraiser events for global missions. We've done fundraiser events for paying off the roof that we had to put on the building several years ago. I believe this year money is going to go towards a lot of the ministry teams that we have set up, a lot of the deacon teams, such as your art ministry, your coffee, your greeters, things like that. So yeah, there's going to be a little bit of an entry fee, but it's really not going to be that big of a deal. And it's going to go towards a good cause. It's going to allow some of these Shades ministry teams to actually work with a little bit of a budget uh, for the year and to be able to do cool things. What do you get with your entry fee that is undetermined right now? Well, I'll tell you what you get. There's going to be a chili cook-off. That's right. There's going to be a chili cook-off. In years past, we've done like a like a potluck-type situation. A bunch of people brought soups and chilies. Everyone got in line. You got food. This year, it's going to be a chili cook-off, so it will be a contest. If you are interested, if you are listening to this with your ears, and you're like, John Mark, I want to be a part of this chili cook-off. I make a mean chili. It's mean. It's delicious. It's going to knock your boots off. I don't have boots on, but then email midweek at shadesvalley.org. Let us know immediately. You really do need to let us know soon because the, the event is coming up. And you'll get the details about how that will work as being an entry into the chili cook-off, but just let us know. There's going to be a tacky sweater contest. That's right. So not only is there a chili cook-off where there will be a winner declared and you get the glory and the fame and the honor and the bragging rights for having the best chili, there's a tacky sweater contest where there will be winners. There will be an adult division and a kid's winner, so everyone gets an opportunity here, equal opportunity, and you get the bragging rights. You get the trophy. You get to say, I had the best tacky sweater out of this entire congregation. The best tacky sweater in Birmingham. It's going to be awesome. There's going to be a bounce house for kids. There's going to be hot chocolate. There's going to be Christmas cookie decorating. I mean, live music from the SVCC Christmas Spectacular Fun Time Band, or whatever we're going to call ourselves this year. And there's going to be even more than that. I mean, that's just the tip of the iceberg. I haven't even told you about all the other things. So plan December 10th to be here at Shades Valley Community Church. It's going to be an awesome event. Oh, there's going to be a silent auction. almost forgot about that. There's going to be a silent auction happening. Art that was made here at Shades Valley. We have a number of artists and painters here paint during services. We're going to auction off some of that art. So you have a chance to win a silent auction. I mean, my goodness. What else could you want more? I don't know. It's going to be such a great, great time. Christmas Spectacular, December 10th. I just can't wait. It's one of my... Favorite events that we do here at Shades Valley. I'm glad that we are bringing it back for its seventh iteration. Well, that's it, folks. I've got nothing. 
I've got nothing left in the tank. Now, I'm going to be honest. I'm exhausted right now. This was a lot for me. Uh, I've probably said more words in the last 45 minutes, 50 minutes, than I probably do on average during a day. I am mentally drained at this point. But this is what I do to bring the Shades Midweek listeners quality content week after week. But you know what? We couldn't do it without you. We couldn't do it without the listener. I mean, technically I could, but then I would really just, I mean, talk about speaking into the void. If there was no one listening to this at all, that would be really sad. So it's really the listener is what makes this show happen. If you have any questions, any comments, any thoughts about this episode today, do you never want me to do this again? I was kind of already planning doing this in December for JM's albums of the year. Maybe just doing it by myself so I don't get interrupted by my co-hosts so that I can have a streamline thought. Maybe that'll happen. Maybe I'll get to do an episode JM's albums of the year in December. But write in midweek at shadesvalley.org. Tell us what you're excited about for Advent, for Christmas. Tell us what you're excited about here at Shades. Let me know if you watched Killers of the Flower Moon. You know, there's a lot of good movies coming out. Just as a side here real quick, a lot of good movies coming out. I mean, it's already been a decent movie year. 2023 has already been pretty good. Can't complain. I mean, we had Oppenheimer and Barbie. We had Barbenheimer. We got some movies coming out. The Killer, David Fincher directed film it's actually dropping on netflix i kind of hate that i hate that it's going straight to streaming because it's going to be better than that some of these straight to streaming netflix movies are just not good i mean i'm just i'm just being real there's there's some there's exceptions sometimes they get a great director like a david fincher or martin scorsese or something like that but some of these are just they're rough right they're mediocre at best but i think the killer is going to be pretty wild what else is coming out? Michael Mann. You guys remember him? He directed a little movie called Heat, a little action heist movie from the mid-90s starring Robert De Niro, Al Pacino, and Val Kilmer called Heat. For me, the action is the juice. Well, he's got a film coming out called Ferrari starring Adam Driver. The trailer looks incredible. I cannot wait for that film to drop. And there's just, there's a host of other movies coming out. The bummer about this year was that Dune 2 was scheduled to drop and it got pushed because of the actor's strike. So we'll have to wait till next year for Dune 2. But there, there are plenty of exciting films that are about to drop. So film world for me, for all my fellow cinephiles, we're excited around here. It's, a, it's about to be a good, good time. Uh, Napoleon, Ridley Scott. Napoleon starring Joaquin Phoenix. That's about to drop in a few weeks, Thanksgiving week. I'm probably going to take my kids to see the new Trolls movie. It'll be fun. It'll be a blast. I love taking my kids to the movies. We got to take kids to the movies. Get them from being outdoors. Put them in front of a screen. That's what I've always said been one of my major mottos. Put them in front of a screen. It's healthy. It's good for their brain development. 
No, but for real though, I love taking them to the theater. I mean, we don't have Blockbuster anymore. You don't get to walk into Blockbuster and get that smell. You know, you know that smell. You can't just go in and rent a movie anymore. You just you just throw a bunch of money down the drain with Netflix now. And some of these movies aren't even that great. And all the streaming services are just exchanging films back and forth. That's all they're doing. Here's the rights to this movie. We have it for a month. Then it's going to go over to HBO Max. So then you have to get that, right? Then it's going to go to Prime. Jeff Bezos wants it for a little bit. It's ridiculous. You used to be able to go to Blockbuster and Movie Gallery. So much fun. How much fun was that to just go and pick out a movie, VHS tape, a DVD, get some snacks, get some candy. I'm really just, I'm lingering now. I'm lingering. This is too long. Hey, listen, I I appreciate you being a part of this JM Takeover. I hope you all have a fantastic week. Write in midweek at chasevalley.org because here at Chase Midweek, you are part of the conversation. Thanks for listening.